All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Mostly Ghostly. You're joined by myself, Matchel, and the co-host with the most, Ray. How you doing over there, Ray? Not bad. How about you? Not too shabby, not too shabby. Uh, it could be, it could be worse. I could be labeled something like a sin eater. You know what I mean? Something horrifying. The only thing more horrifying than that, I think, is when we talked about those things that ate like snot. Do you remember we yeah. talked about that season? Yeah. The, the, the mere thought of eating snot makes you, you want to vomit everything you've got in your belly. You know what I mean? Well, what do you think the, what do you think the boogeyman comes for? Oh no! I thought he came. Yeah, the boogeyman. That's kind of gross. Now uh, I just had a flash image of what the boogeyman could look like. You know, it's more horrifying than anything I could ever imagine as a child. Uh, Crazy, horrifying stuff. Now we're talking about those European sin eaters. You know what I mean? And. you know, a sin eater, you almost feel like, well, if it's eating away the sin, maybe it could be a good thing. You know what I mean? Like a langolier eats up yesterday. For anybody out there that knows that, that film, that made-for-TV uh, classic. Now, Ray, you kind of brought this to my attention to begin with. Did 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 your knowledge of sin eaters pop with this situation here where, you know, th- this article or... Um, did you know about it for longer? Uh, no. It kind of came along with that article, and there was some things rumbling around in my head over there that said, oh, wait a minute. I think I know what this might be or mm-hmm. might be able to might tie into. So I thought it might be interesting to talk about it. Yeah. It's definitely some interesting stuff, you know what I mean? So I'd have to go, you know, throughout history, certain societies have had various beliefs on the idea of our sins and life carrying on into death. There are many religions that deal with this concept, notably Christianity, in which one way to absolve oneself of these accumulated sins is to confess them and ask for forgiveness. But there have been a myriad of other ways that have been practiced to purge oneself of their sins. However, most of these various rituals and rites must be performed in life before the sinner has died. So what of those who have already already died, yet burdened with their sins in the 17th, 18th, and 19th centuries in certain areas of the United Kingdom, in particular Scotland, Wales, and Ireland, a profession came about that sought to address this issue, and the sin eaters were born. Crazy world, you know. I, I I agree that that's uh that's a little out there. I don't know if I'd want that as my uh job. Yeah. It's definitely tricky stuff. You know, generally associated with connections to Christianity, although with the probable roots and assorted pagan practices as well. The sin eaters were individuals who would do just what it says on the tin. Literally eat the sins of the dead. The exact ritual for doing such varied from region to region, but where certain uh, commonalities in that they all involve the notion that the sins of the dead could be somehow absorbed into food and consumed. To do this, the macabre practice was carried out in which food, usually bread and sometimes a drink such as wine or beer, 
was waved over or placed directly upon the dead body, upon which the sin eater would do some ritual or mutter some incantation and then eat and drink the offerings. The idea being that he also ingested and digested the sins of the deceased to free them, not only of their sins, but also of the commonly believed perception that they would be doomed to wander the earth in death. One early account of such rituals comes from the 17th century diarist, John Aubrey. And that reads this. An old custom in Herefordshire has been at the funerals to hire poor people who were uh, to take upon them all the sins of the party deceased. One of them, I remember, lived in a cottage on Rose Highway. He was a long, lean, ugly, lamentable rascal. The manner was that when the corpse was brought out of the house and laid on the bier, a loaf of bread was brought out and delivered to the sin eater. Over the corpse, and he also uh, a mazar bowl of maple, gossip's bowl full of beer, which he was to drink up uh, a sixpence in money in consideration whereof he took upon him, um, you know, all the sins of the defunct and freed him or her from walking after they were dead. So, yeah, I guess it's, it's supposed to free them up, too. So they don't need they, they don't need to worry about it when they die because they're doing this good deed now, and they gave him a little something something. Um, I almost feel like that you know wicked minds would say they don't get nothing for it. They actually shouldn't be doing it. They're taking on the sins, which is sins on them now, which is kind of on their soul, and uh, they would have to answer for them. So. It's also, it has like a trickery vibe to me, you know what I mean? Like they just they're doing a last ditch effort to cleanse the sins of their loved ones. It's kind of like that, um, you know. There's that 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 urban legend of uh, like the box where like you know you uh, you can you can have any you can have your wish granted, but somebody has to die, you know what I mean? Type deal. Um, and you got to choose, you, know, you choose somebody else to go for your, your, uh, you know, you, you staying around. And that's exactly what that sounds like. It ain't killing them off, but like spiritually, it sounds like that. You know what I mean? What do you think? Well, to me, it sounds more like those who have a little bit of wealth or a lot uh, <clears throat> are looking for a scapegoat. They're trying to buy their way out of hell. Because if you notice, at least in that, those that are the sin eaters, Mm-hmm. Haven't they happen to be the impoverished, the lower part of society? Yeah. So they're kicking their sins down the ladder and letting someone else go to hell for what they did. Yeah. So I mean, it there's that that sounds very very much like uh, get that little homeless person over there, and uh, when I die, and give them some. I'm wondering considering if these people were living in poverty, did they even know the ritual and what was going on? Because they were getting free bread and drink. Yeah. Are you tricking them? Or are they just so desperate? They'll say, yes, I'll take the sins, feed me. And it's symbolic that the sins are in the food. Yeah. Now, what do you think about the whole, you know, 
the bread, the bread and the, the wine almost, you know, it could be beer or, or whatever it was, whatever they wanted to use for it. But it's kind of just like, you know, the blood of Christ and, uh, you know, the flesh of Christ type deal a little bit, you know what I mean? I think the ritual is put together to mimic that, to make it yeah. more, belie- to make it more believable. Uh, so, so that people would buy into the ritual. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, you know, taking it in, you know, the beer thing's interesting, you know, that it was for the, for the homeless. So they just gave them the beer. They, they weren't winos around at that time, I guess. Pre-wino. Well, it also parallels Christianity a little bit because uh, the Christ died in a, on a cross for the sins. Yeah. And you've got the remembrance, which eventually became a sacrament. I'm not sure if it was uh, either the year 1000, the year 1500s. One of those two is when it first became a sacrament. Before that, it was not a sacrament in a church. But it uh, very much parallels that in that uh, this you now make a ritual, obviously not a sacrament, but you make a ritual and someone else takes away your sins. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking for a scapegoat. Yeah. It must be noted that not just anyone could eat sins. This was a specific job which only a certain few individuals were seen as capable of carrying out. The sin eater was typically poor and lived lived away from the villages. Sounds like it wasn't that heavy of a, uh, you know, it didn't have to match. The quota decided to be they they had to be poor and we don't have to deal with them now and when a person died with unconfessed sins they would be called into action although sin eaters were mostly used for those who had died unexpectedly they were also occasionally used for those who had died of natural causes for their trouble the sin eater would be paid a meager sum usually a groat do you know what a groat is no no idea other than a groggily throat like I just had. Uh, I don't know either. It's interesting. Which was, uh, which, no, actually I do know because I'm a genius. Uh, it, would, it was a silver coin worth four pence. You know what I mean? A few dollars in today's money. Uh, you know, another account in a, of a sin eater is given in the English antiquarian writer by bibliographer John Bagford in his letter on Leland's Collectania. In which he writes, because we're, we're, we're proper, we're giving respects, uh, today. The sin eater was a person who, for the trifling payment or remuneration given in the form of food, took upon him the sins of a deceased person. Kind of makes people not have to live too good, you know what I mean? It was usual for nearly every village to have its professional sin eater. As soon as a death occurred, this official was notified in repairing straight away to the house of the deceased. Notice was given to an old sire before the door of the house. When some of the family came out and furnished him with a cricket, which is a low stool, on, on which he sat down facing the door, uh, then they gave him a groat, which he put in his pocket, a crust of bread, which he ate, and a bowl of ale, which he drank off at a drought. After this, he got up from the cricket and pronounced the case, and rest of the soul departed, for which he would pawn his own soul. An earlier and cruder form of the ceremony was to bring the sin eater into the chamber of the deceased, where he received, sometimes with money, food, across the body of a corpse. 
<laughs> Having eaten the food in the presence of the dead, he was driven out of the house with the uh, execrations and abuse, sticks, cinders, and every available missile being hurled at him. That's cold. That's some real like abusive stuff when you think about it. You know, these poor, you know, grabbing a homeless person bad enough, but then you gotta like treat them like garbage, like that. I'm sure they probably killed him. Uh, there's probably many that died and they said, we can't let him pass that demon, those sins off into somebody else. We gotta kill that boy. You know, well, I don't know if I'd want to be the village uh, professional sin eater. And then once I'm I'm done my job, having people attack me for sa- for saving their soul and taking their sins. Uh, that, that doesn't sound right. I'm not judging books by their cover, but I feel like these sin eaters got a lot of tattoos and piercings all over their body. They have they have like the bearings put under their skin and stuff. You know what I mean? Maybe they hang from hooks on the weekends for fun to release the stress or something. You know, the people that cut their noses off and then it's just like a hole and they think it's beautiful. I think that's that, that's kind of like when I think of Sin Eater, that's kind of what I think of. But, uh, you know, what can you- I'm thinking that uh, you could be a Sin Eater if you're a non-believer because then you're just laughing at the ritual saying, that's- yeah. Yeah, sure. I got your sins. Give me my little bit of money, bread and and booze, and I'm out of here. Yeah, I feel like that would have to play some type of part into it. You know what I mean? If they were a believer, I guess guess if they were getting money for booze and they were alcoholics, then I could assume that they'd be willing to, you know, go against their beliefs. You know what I mean? Or they really needed food. Um, They would. But I feel like um, people that believe would be would still be a little creeped out by it. You know what I mean? But, yeah, definitely the people that don't believe, they're the people getting down with it. You know, the the people that don't believe would be the outcasted people, you know, like we've talked about in many shows as well, you know, almost witch-like. Now, the last part is interesting because, indeed, the sin eaters themselves were typically seen as filthy and wretched, adored by the abhorred by the superstitious villagers as unclean and practitioners of black magic and the witchcraft. It was widely believed that all the sins they had absorbed had twisted their souls and degraded them. Which, yeah, I mean, you'd think if they kept eating all these bad souls, they'd eventually get a rap for being full of evil. You know what I mean? Uh, Making them evil uh, and in a way eternally damned and less than human. They already thought of them as kind of less than human. Uh, they were they were thought to consort with the devil and evil spirits, and it was also believed that looking one directly in the eyes would bring about an evil curse. Because of this, they were avoided at all costs, social pariahs, forced to live like lepers until their services were required, and even this being arranged discreetly, probably beat up as they left. It was because of this, and that often... After one of these rituals, the sin eater would be chased from the home in a hail of obscenities and thrown objects, running back off to their hovel on the outskirts of town with their coin in their pocket. Horrifying stuff. You know, they do have some leverage. The crazy part is that they ever stood up and said, look, you want us to do this deal? You need to start treating us better. They probably just kill them all off. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I I love the hypocrisy of the people who are using them. I mean, the so-called religious people at that time, 
Yeah. Uh, calling upon these people that they accuse of witchcraft, devil worship, the dredges of society, evil, etc. They're calling upon them and using them to take away their sins. Right. And then, and then chasing them away. Hypocrites. Truth. Uh, not only were sin eaters shunned by society, but they were also frowned upon by the church, which did not condone such practices for several reasons. One was at the beginning, a scapegoat for others, sins and willfully carrying the sins of the deceased was against the tenets of many Christianity in the 18th and 19th centuries, which, I mean, if you got something to eat your sins when you die so you don't have to deal with it, I mean, you would probably live like an animal. It also implied that human had power over spiritual events, bestowing them powers that only God had, which was considered heresy. And it also cut local priests uh, who were seen as the ones responsible for all funerary arrangements out of the equation. For these reasons, the church, while not actively persecuting sin eaters for those who sought their services, certainly did not endorse or sanction the practice and did what they could to discourage it. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Oh, yeah, def de definitely. The sin eaters were competition. Yeah, uh, it's kind of, it's for anybody, it's weird. You know, you've seen that throughout history. Anybody, you know, the, the church is very, it has to be the exact way that we say that it happens, that it can't be any other way, and they're, they're against anybody. Um, that brings it in, you know, but it's funny because behind the, behind the scenes, they were probably bringing them in to eat up their pre-sins and stuff like that, you know what I mean? And then, except those sin eaters don't quite make it out the door. They end up, they, they bring them into the basement and the sin eaters look around and go, oh, you guys don't got no door down here? And they go, what do you need a door for? And then they 12 gauge their head off. Back in the medieval times, you know what I mean? When there was no 12 gauges. Some Illuminati, you know, time jumping stuff is what we're talking about here. You know, but while the practice of sin eating seems to have been mostly confined to the 17th, 18th, and 19th centuries, it was still going on into the early 20th century. The last sin eater in Europe is said to have been a man named Richard Munslow, who died in 1906 in Schrosfair, England. It is said that he had been a simple farmer driven to the dark profession after the tragic death of his four children made him decide to try to help them in the next world. Even then, the practice of sin eating survived making its way to the new world, where it became a tradition among communities in Appalachia up until as late as the 1950s, and rumors have persisted to this day that the ritual is carried out in some remote areas. It is all curious, you know, a curious peek into some of the strange rituals of times past. And although the practice may not live on today, as far as we know, it is all certainly a macabre and dark historical oddity. And oh boy, do we have a lot of those. You know what I mean? Very kind of creepy and crawly. You know what I mean? When you hear Soul Eater, I automatically thought that it was going to be dealing with something supernatural, like a ghoul, like a vampire type deal. But it was more, unfortunately, just the downtrodden and the people they shat on, you know, the, the, the poor folks and such that 
they chose them to kind and they were just regular people that were down on their luck and they kind of brought them in to kind of, you know, take away the sin, take on their sins, which was crazy. And I think that it did kind of get into the fact that they, certain people believe that they couldn't even, you know, the, the, the poor folks weren't able to shake the sins of the other people and going into the afterlife, it was heavier on them, which that'd be my first concern. You know what I mean? But then again, like you said, a lot of them don't really quite believe it. You know what I mean? Well, you also get a, in a lot of older cultures, if you go back in history, particularly those that had shamans in it, um, they had a belief that an illness was because of a possession or an evil that's in you. And the shaman would extract it, but in a different way than most priests would do an exorcism. And that the shaman pulls it out and takes it. And then get, then afterwards gets rid of it. But it takes it, the shaman would take it first. So it's kind of like you're, you've got to, you know, one thing is you have to want to give up that illness and like I said, they thought quite often the person was either possessed or there was something evil in them and that was causing the illness. You have to want to get rid of it. The shaman takes it out of you. Once the shaman has it, then it's up to the shaman to know how to get rid of it. Now, if the shaman happens to be on the dark side, he may keep it and use that power. But he would usually be at that point there to get rid of whatever that evil thing was that was making you sick. So it have a, a little bit of that that you're passing something on and someone's coming to take it away from you to enact in, in the older cultures, the Aboriginal cultures, it was for health. But in the, uh, in the city, this case, it was, it was for salvation, not for health. Yeah. Tra- transference of, in this case, sins instead of illness or anything else to someone else. Of course, these poor souls, whoever they were, were left to fend on their own and uh, actually persecuted for it. Yeah, it's a very creepy thing, you know what I mean? It's definitely a very creepy thing, and it's got that evil vibe to it where people would want, they they would want to live crazy and do what they want to do. And it's almost like, you know, humanity figuring out, uh, trying to find a loophole to get out of bad things, you know what I mean? Oh, definitely. People who don't want to face their themselves, their sins or their actions, looking to transfer that responsibility onto somebody else. That's a coward's way out. Yeah. And that's what the that's what the people who could afford this would do. They take the coward's way out. True. You know what I mean? That's the that's the for sure thing. And this isn't even an argument of whether it's real or not. This is this is history. This is kind of uh, the way it was. Very creepy, weird stuff. Um, there's still, I, I bet there's still sin eaters out there to this day. Maybe they're not called that. Maybe they, you know, but I bet there's still something like that going on. Maybe they're not as willing. You know what I mean? You almost get the vibe of like uh, them now taking that homeless person. <laughs> then. You know, doing a ritual and pulling the sins out and placing them into the, that person, almost like a curse. You know what I mean? Uh, I could see something like that being done too, where they're not, you know they're not so willing. They're not doing it for the the three the three dollars anymore. Now they're doing it for uh, against their will. You know what I mean? 
well, as much as in technology wise, our society has progressed, I think that spiritually, uh, some of the remnants in that, of uh, the old ways, and that includes things like the sin eaters, uh, they're still around. Yeah. That sort of thing is still there. It's just more underground, maybe a different name, smaller groups. But I have no doubt that it still exists, that there are people out there doing it. Because, I mean, like we've talked about with, like, that, that that story that we've talked about numerous times on the show where the father was like a Satanist and he, he, he sacrificed his kid before his kid was born. And the kid kind of had a troubled life and short life, unfortunately. Um you know, in the same sense of that, it's almost like if, if, <clears throat> if they were to say, Hey, look, you know, these, I almost assume sins to be like demons, like you're moving a demon, you know, like a possession type thing where you say, okay, jump from this host to this host. It's probably not going to have an issue as long as there's a host or it would may probably take both hosts. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe all three hosts involved in it. Um, so I think that's really, that's, a, that, that's, a, that's a wild, element but yeah i definitely still think that there 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 there's stuff like that floating around i just unfortunately i don't think it's i don't think it's willing people i think that they're just kind of throwing them out there like uh you know curses i mean realistically you on the spiritual field of it you're just kind of have to know the right things to say and you could you could take you could probably take so you know what i mean it's very interesting it's a very interesting discussion to have you know, but the sins are heavy. I feel like sins are like yours. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think, me personally, I don't really think somebody can go in there and take your sins. You know what I mean? But when you're dead or when you're alive, I think that's kind of something you have to own up to yourself and kind of answer for. Which I agree. I, I agree. Uh, you own it. That's your behavior. That's your life. You own it. Uh, someone can't just come along and say, here, I'm taking it off you. Or, uh, you can't just go up, go up to somebody and say, here, here's a few dollars and here, take everything bad I've ever done in my life with you. Uh, I, I really don't think it works that way. Yeah, that whole thing, the whole idea of, I can definitely understand the church being upset over the whole take away your sins when you die thing, because that goes against the whole deal of being, being good and such, you know what I mean? That's it all, you know, it all breaks down to the sinning thing. The sins keep you out of heaven. They put you in hell. You know what I mean? That's the main, it's in the sauce. You know what I mean? <clears throat> well, if you get the, uh, if the church is there to save your soul, you can't have sin eaters because that's another way. That's competition. That's another way of being saved. Do you think that they're really just upset because they want to save the soul where the sin eater wants to eat it? And they're more, they're collectors, you know what I mean? Like that collector's edition souls out there and they were about to get it and put it in a nice plastic sleeve, keep it protected so they could take it out and look at it like a collector would. But these soul eaters are running around just eating these souls up. Munch them. When the sin eater eats the sins, then the person is saved and it's the church's job to save people. To take, to take your sins away and to forgive them. Not to have yeah. somebody, you know, for a few dollars come along, take your sins away, and that person whom you've taken the sins from is suddenly saved. That That's that's competition. It really is. When you think about it, you give them a small fee, and they take the sins away. It's the same thing the church kind of does, you know what I mean? 
you give them your nice your tithe, and they make sure you get into heaven at the end of the day. I mean, if, For, if you're talking about something that hawks back to uh, shamanism, which is yeah. still around, but um, one thing that I know of, there are some uh, powerful mediums around that if they go in and there's a haunting and there's a restless spirit there, yeah, they will they will take the spirit home with them. And then help them move on in that comfortable environment, comfortable for the spirit and comfortable for them. So that they'll actually take that entity that's haunting, allow it attach, attach to or take it with them in a controlled situation to a place where they can move them on. It's not the same as sin eating, but there's a little bit of transference there. I can see yeah. where uh, the, the, the whole, that's more a uh, shamanistic thing done uh, by a medium, but I would say the sin eaters, uh, yeah, they were major competition for the church and they got the short end of the stick. They not only got the sins, they got, uh, beaten, kicked out of society, looked down on, condemned. And this is for supposedly receiving money to help someone rid their sins and be saved. Do you think that the sin, the sin eater thing might could have started as out, outside people, outside the church people that were going around doing blessings and healings and that they, the church gave them a bad name from the get go and said they were all these poor, ugly, alcoholic people when to kind of snuff them out and take, take away credibility and such? I think that's possible. I think that could have played into it at some point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, nobody plays the game like them. Business, business, baby, business. Big business. Big business. Well, in the business of the sin eaters, you let them do the sin eating. You know what I mean? Sin eaters is a new restaurant that mostly ghostly sponsoring. We're going to be opening it up pretty soon. Oh, you you want that to be successful? Just uh. Put it out there since all these sin eaters were always skinny and ugly and this and that and stuff. You just put out put it out there under the idea of uh eat here, lose weight. <laughs> there are there are enough crazy people that go in there just trying to yeah man, I'll eat some sins if it's gonna make me thin. I bet we could also sell souls and then just be like this day and age you could you could sell an empty jar with like a scent in it. And then just say that, yeah, you open it up and you inhale the sins, and that's what it is. And 25 bucks. Thank you. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Coming soon from the mostly ghostly enterprise. But, yeah, I think that was a good touch on the uh, the bizarre history of the Sin Eaters of Europe. If you guys out there got got uh, are wrapped up in this one pretty heavy and you want to go out there and examine more, Definitely feel free to go do that. You know, there's some interesting stuff. I was taken by surprise. I thought we were getting into ghouls. And we ended up getting into real folk. You know what I mean? Uh, they got a bad rap, perhaps. We'll see. Who knows? Not me. So, Ray, is there anything you want to say in closing for Sin Eaters? Uh, well, if you're young and you're talking to your parents about a career move, uh, instead of talking about lawyer, doctor, or anything else, um, even if you want to, I wouldn't exactly tell them you're going to be a sin eater. Keep it up, keep keep it quiet, and uh, go do what you want to do after that. Tell them you're going to be a senator, not a sin eater. Which uh, which not, is 
Nah, I, I was gonna say not. Now you're gonna be a sinner, not a sin eater. It's true. Oh, politicians dig. <laughs> Put the cross up. Put the cross up. All right, folks. If you, I hope you subscribed to wherever you listen to podcasts under that mostly ghostly show, so you get every episode we drop immediately when it drops you get a little notification not an annoying notification nice gentle beautiful notification that says guess what kids there's a new mostly ghostly episode for you right now and what you do you listen to it and we're gonna leave right now to give you time to listen to some more episodes and we'll catch y'all on the next episode of mostly ghostly (laughs) 